0: Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brandon coming to you live from Fort Smith, Arkansas with another Tuesday night Bible study. And uh, we'd like to welcome you all to Tuesday night Bible study. And it's already Tuesday again. Praise the Lord. And so tonight, we're going to be getting into the second half of Matthew chapter 5. And Lord willing, we will finish it tonight. Um, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. There is a lot of scriptures that we're going through tonight. We've got about another twenty-four more scriptures to go through tonight. A lot to talk about, so bear with me, and we'll get through it all. <coughs> um, let's see here. Um. Just want to let everybody know um, for those for those who may be new, that may be tuning in and watching or just watching in general. Just want to let you know that uh, I have two broadcasts a week. We tip. I typically do a broadcast Sunday evening, and around eight o'clock, and I will do a Tuesday night Bible study, kind of right around seven eight o'clock as well. Um, Sundays is usually more preaching and Tuesday is more like teaching, but there is some preaching as well. Um, and so we, I usually do two broadcasts a week and if I usually can't do it, I'll usually, will let everyone know on Facebook, um, that I can't do it. So, just so you know, um... If I don't make it on there, <coughs> I will let you know. Um, so that's kind of typically how that goes. Um, I got to get back into doing some some Bible reading, um, so I don't know how I'm going to work that in yet. Um, but I've been trying to read the the King James Bible um, and put it on YouTube. Now that that particular instance. There is no teaching or preaching. It's just me reading the Bible. Okay, so <clears throat> I've been kind of doing that off and on for the last couple years or year or so. <clears throat> excuse me. So you know, that's, so I, I I I'll sometimes do that. I got to get back into doing that. So um, hang on a sec. So, that's pretty much that, um, so, um, but, oh, another thing too is, <clears throat> don't be shy to share my videos if you want to, um, some people might be kind of timid, uh, or kind of shy at wanting to share the videos, they might want to wait to have my permission, um, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't need my permission to share my videos. Just share the videos as the Lord leads and directs, okay? So you share them, and the word needs to get out, and the truth needs to be said, and people need the truth, right? <clears throat> so don't be shy to share my share out my videos um, as the Holy Ghost directs. So, um, with that said, we'll get into, let's see, let's get into prayer requests. If you guys have any prayers or praises, you can feel free to mention them uh, or message me on Facebook or you can, you know, whatever you want to do. If you have something that you want to share or thank God about or praise God about, feel free to mention that if you'd like. Um, my prayer requests, um, I do have a couple, um, so, for me anyways, um, please pray for my broadcast, pray for the teaching and preaching of the word, pray for my ministry, um, pray for, um, you know, pray for the videos, pray that God's will will be done, um, Do pray for, uh, do keep me in prayer as, um, I will be preaching on the 29th at my church and we'll get to that as per announcements. Um, also too, something has been kind of on my heart and stuff and, um, if you guys all can keep me in prayer about, um... Now, when I say new, I don't mean like new, new, okay? But <coughs> y'all can please keep me in prayer for a um, a new vehicle. Um, and I I bring that up because that's been that's been sort of been on my mind for quite some time. Um, my dad has sort of mentioned it to me that eventually I'm gonna have to get another car because the car i have right now is up in age it's a 2011 um so you all pray for me on that um i don't know as of this point i really don't know how to go about doing all that and kind of there's a whole bunch of things that go into getting a new car i really don't want to um get a new car but there's a part of me that wants to, <laughs> you know, so I'm kind of split on the whole decision. But if you all could pray for me on that, I would greatly appreciate that. I really would. Um, and uh, see, what else do I, what other prayer requests do I have? I think that really covers me personally. Um, but if you want, but please do keep... Um, brothers and sisters in prayer I know brother Joey he don't mind me he don't mind me mentioning him um, do keep him in prayer because um, ever so often he has pain that flares up on him so he is you know and I can't say what I, I'm not going to really say if it's back pain or not but I'm just going to say it's pain and it gets so bad for him that he a lot of times has to kind of like either sit or lay down because it's so bad for them, <coughs> so and it's it's one of those things that it comes and goes. So, so pray for Brother Joey, if you will. Um, do pray for I, there's other brothers uh, that I know that need prayer. I'm not gonna say who or what, but there are the, there are obviously other brothers that need prayer as well. Um, even. Sisters in the Lord need prayer. So let's keep each other in prayer. Let's keep our nation in prayer. Um, so, yeah. Um, anyways, I think that's going to be it for prayer requests. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. So if you have any prayers or praises, feel free to mention them. Um, other than that, that's going to be it for that. Um, announcements so one week from Sunday not this Sunday but a week from Sunday the 29th uh, there will be no broadcast um i will be uh i will be preaching at my church lord willing on Sunday night so there will be no broadcast but i will record the message and put that out um and that will be in replay that will be in place of An actual broadcast. So there is no broadcast on the 29th. But you'll still get a message. Okay. Oh yeah. Pray for me on that. I think I already mentioned that. But pray for me on that. I don't know what I'm going to preach on yet. So I've got about a week. And let's see here. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So about a week and five days. To figure out what I'm going to be preaching on. So y'all pray for me, alright? Um hmm. other than that, there is no other announcements. So I guess with that said, let's go ahead into our Bible study. Woo! Feels like I bit into something spicy, but I don't know. <clears throat> I could be coming down with a cold, but I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's 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 dive into our um, Bible study. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and we are going to start here in verse 25. Verse 25. But actually, we're going to start we're going to pick up in 24 and then start reading now. All right. So, here we go. Matthew chapter 5, we'll start in verse 24 and start reading through. It says, "Leave thy gift before the altar, and go thy way; first be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift." Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. So we have to understand that when we give a tithe or an offering to God, and if we know that we have wronged somebody, wronged somebody, We ought to leave our gift at the altar and go make it right with that person. Okay? That's the right thing to do. So, if we give an offering to God and we remember that, you know, we have ought against somebody... We need to go and reconcile with that person and make it right and then offer our gift. If that makes sense. <clears throat> and so you know that's a big deal. And and, and and to 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 see that if we wrong somebody, and we're not just talking about leaving a gift out the at the, off, at the altar but just any given time when we've wronged somebody we ought to make it right amen we ought to make it right if we did someone wrong we ought to go and conf- we ought to go to them and say hey I said this or did that I'm sorry I shouldn't have done so you know, when you wrong somebody and you know it, and when the Holy Ghost convicts you, we first need to get right with God. But we also need to get right with who we wronged. Because think about it, if 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 you just go on and not make and not make things right with the person that you wronged, <clears throat> That doesn't show very good Christian character, does it? You know, so we ought to... We ought to go to the person that we wronged and make it right. In whatever circumstance. And that's a very big deal. Um... In verse 25, it says, Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. <clears throat> in verse 26, And I say unto thee, thou shalt, be, thou, thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. Amen? Now, so basically Jesus is saying, he's talking about, he's talking about basically in a a case where you're pretty much thrown in jail for wrongdoing. Right? Maybe I'm wrong on this. But Jesus says that you won't be released till thou hast paid the utmost farthing, which means everything that you'd owed, you won't be released till you paid it all. And that typically usually is in the form of time. <clears throat> Amen. Now we see this and now Jesus sort of switches gears. Here, and now he gets into adultery. In verse 27, it says, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now, We see here that Jesus is telling you what the law says. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, in anyone's mind, they might say, well, praise God, I don't commit adultery. I don't commit adultery. Well, because you know and 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 in, in their mind they're thinking of adultery is going and having an affair with another spouse or fornicating with someone that's that you're not married to but Jesus takes it a step further and says even if you look on a woman to lust after her You've already committed adultery with her in your heart. So Jesus takes the commandment, Thou shalt not commit adultery, right? And to put even more emphasis on that commandment, He says, if you even look at a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery. Why? Why? Because it shuts the mouths of the religious people who think they're holier-than-thou that they don't commit adultery. And or it shuts the mouths of the holier-than-thou people that think that they're good and all and that they don't do certain things. But Jesus takes it a step forward further and says you even if you look at a woman to lust after you've already committed adultery and here's why jesus said that jesus said that not to maybe stop the mouths of those who think they're holier than thou and that but he says that to show you that if you look at a woman to lust after her you're just as guilty as the one who actually goes off and actually does the actual act of adultery. <clears throat> in other words, Jesus is emphasizing this to show you that you really are in need of him. Amen? He takes the law a step further and, 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 he, and he does it to show you that you, are, that you are a sinful wretch that needs to be saved, that needs him, meaning Jesus Christ. Now, why do I say that? I say that because people think that they're good and when you've got people that think that they're good, in their mind, they don't really need a Savior. You see, the, the, the purpose of the law was to show you that you need a Savior. The law was not meant for us to keep. The law was our schoolmaster appointing ourselves to Christ. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. The law was to show us that we are sinners that are in need of a savior. And that's what Jesus is doing by emphasizing on thou shalt not commit adultery. He's emphasizing on the need of our need for him. Do you know why? Because Jesus Christ is the only one who's kept the law 100% perfect. In James, it says that if you, <coughs> if you keep on yet offend one point, you broke all. It only takes one sin for you to break all ten commandments. Just One. okay so Jesus is showing you your need for him do you know why because we've're all guilty of lust and one way or another we're all guilty of it We're all fallen. We are all fallen human beings. We are all we all have all of us humans have a sin nature. We're not perfect. News flash, you won't be perfect till you go home. So don't expect to be saved and all of a sudden, whoops, you're 100% perfect. No, that's not how that works. Nope. <clears throat> That is not how that works. Christ is the great physician. If you're sick, what happens when you're sick? You go to the doctor. Well, when you go to the doctor and you're sick, you're still sick, right? But then the doctor prescribes something for your sickness even after you leave the hospital you're still what you're still sick so what i'm saying is is that when a lost person comes to christ they're sick and sin is what's causing them to be sick well, they go see the doc. they go see the great physician, Jesus Christ, and Christ saves them. The prescription is the word of God. But when they leave, they're not 100% better, are they? Nope. What they are is saved. But it's through the process of time, through chastening, trials, temptations... That God works that sin out of you. It's a process. Why? So that when you do go home, you're one hundred percent perfect. Don't expect to be one hundred percent sinless after you get saved. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Okay. <clears throat> It just won't happen. But we see here that Jesus is showing us his, he's showing us the need for him. By emphasizing that even looking at a woman to lust after her is committing adultery. Now, I just want to say this real quick. If you guys have kids and you don't want your kids to hear this, this will probably be a good time for you to send them out. Right now. Just want to put that out there. Um, I'm going to get into some stuff that... I'm going to try to keep PG. But PG-13. But... If you don't want your kids hearing this right away... I'd send them out of the room. Okay? Put this on pause and send them out of the room. <clears throat> so... Here's the thing. What does it mean to look at a woman to lust after her? Well, that's numerous things. It could be you walking down the street and you see a woman and you you have lust in your heart for her. Jesus says you committed adultery. Not to get too graphic, but... Looking at pornographic material. Whether it be video or pictures on the internet. That's lusting after a woman. Even though you're not actually committing the actual act. It's still adultery. It's still fornication. Just... ...watching and looking at that filth... ...it's... ...it's still adultery... ...it's still fornication... ...just just even looking at it... ...it it still is... ...it could be listening... ...to dirty stuff on the internet... that that can be considered adultery now i i have to apologize i'm not trying to get too graphic but that's the reality of it and unfortunately the way our nation is right now you got to be careful what you watch and see on tv and even on the internet You know, even going to a movie and seeing something that is immodest or ungodly, which is most of the movies anyways, that can trigger lust. And Jesus still says, it's adultery. And again, I don't mean to be graphic, but I'm trying to give you some perspective that we need Christ Even as a born again Christian you still need you still need Christ's help But as a lost person that should show you that you are need that you need Christ Amen you need Christ It says, And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. You see, when you know that something is causing you to stumble. You need to cut it off and put it away from you. And what I mean by put it away from you, you mean... Meaning you get whatever trash that's in your house that's causing you to slip. You get it out. And if you have to... Put a big old bonfire back there and start start flaming whatever that is that's causing you to sin whether it be magazines, videos whatnot. now obviously if it's the internet that's causing you you can't take the whole internet and flame it it's just not ideal but there are there is technology out there that you can use to block certain things And if I were you, if the internet is, if there's parts of the internet that's causing you to sin, what you do is you take, you, you get another person that doesn't, you know, you get another person, you have them set up that blocker for you, have them enter in a password that you'll never be able to guess, let them keep that password and never tell you. That way you won't be tempted. You're kept out. Or family. If you got a family member, put a blocker on certain sites that is causing them to stumble. Put a password on there that they'll never guess. It keeps them protected that way. But when you've got things that is causing you to sin, you just got to get rid of it. There's no sense on keeping that trash in the house just so that you can, you know, get rid of it, get rid of it, find a way to get rid of it, amen? It's better to, to get that out and, you know, it's better, you know, it's better to just get that out than not get it out, you know what I'm saying? and i could be wrong on that don't don't take my word for things because i'm i can be wrong okay don't don't ever take don't ever say you know brandon said this or brandon said that you stick to the word of god amen now in verse 31 this is so we're still on the subject of adultery and fornication. Okay. But we're going to touch a very touchy subject here. And this next thing here is so touchy. And it's it's such a big, big subject. A subject that, number one, I can't really talk really about because I'm not really... I'm not married. Okay? So I can't really... uh, I can only counsel you from what the Word of God says. But this next thing is so huge. Okay? It's it's a lot of stuff. Okay? It's a lot of stuff. So I'm going to try to be as graceful as I can. Okay, I'm going to try to be as graceful as I can. Um, Verse 31, it says this. It hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. Okay, so this is the topic of divorce. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that God hates divorce. Because that's not... I can be wrong on this. And if I'm wrong, I want someone to tell me that I'm wrong. Okay? But to say that God hates divorce is not... I don't think is a very entirely biblical statement. Do you know why? Because if God hates divorce, then why did get then why did God give a bill of divorcement to Israel? When Israel went off to other gods, God gave Israel a bill of divorcement. Now, does that mean that God's done with Israel? No, he's going to go back to Israel. But I think we ought to be careful To say that God hates divorce if he gave Israel a bill of divorcement. Okay. What I will say is this, is that divorce is not part of God's plan. Okay. It's not part of God's plan. Because marriage is supposed to be a lifelong covenant by the way marriage is between one man and one woman can i get an amen from god's people on that marriage is between one man and one woman that's it that's what that's what marriage is that's what marriage is defined if you've got two men and two women that's not a marriage So you know when you've got people that say sodomite marriage, is that really a marriage? No. Because really marriage is the is really defined between one man and one woman. That's it. Now, with the topic of divorce, it is such a big topic. It is. It's a very, very, very sensitive and very touchy topic. Um, but what I have learned is this about divorce. If you have someone that is divorced and then remarried, the best thing that, I, the thing that I've heard and the best thing I can maybe pass along to what I learned about that is make the best out of that marriage. If you are married. If you were married and then divorced. And then remarried. Make the best out of that marriage. Don't fall into divorce again. Make the best of it. Um, But there is. There are necessities where. Divorce. God will allow divorce. And we will see this here in the next verse. It says, But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Okay, okay, I don't want to sugarcoat that, but I don't want to come off as not being graceful. I can't imagine how divorce affects a man and a woman. I just can't. But from a child's standpoint, divorce, having to have your parents divorce is a very tough thing. It's a very tough thing. And let me remind you, sins are sins, these kind of sins can be forgiven. These sins can be forgiven. Jesus only said there is only one unforgivable sin. And that one unforgivable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Ghost which i personally believe that blaspheming the holy ghost is dying in the condition of rejecting christ you know the bible says that when you reject christ there is no more sa- there is no more sacrifice for sin why because christ is the ultimate sacrifice and if you reject that there is no sacrifice for sin because that person had already rejected that ultimate sacrifice. Does that make sense? So I just I want to make it very abundantly clear. Sins like what I just read can be forgiven. They can be. And will be forgiven if you ask. Divorcement is not a is not the unpardonable sin. But again, I can't really I mean divorce is such a huge topic. It's I'll be honest with you, it's a topic that I'm really not number one, I can't say much. I can't really say a whole lot about it because I'm number one, I'm not married myself. So even that is you, you just it It's a topic I'm not uh, Okay. I it's a topic I am not well versed in. So The stuff that I may have said I can be wrong. There are things I'm going to be wrong at. And you know what? As much as I like to be right on a lot of things, I'm not going to be right on 100%. I'm not going to be right 100% of the time. I won't be. God will never allow me to be 100% right. You know why? Because number one, I'm not God. Number two, I'm glad I'm not God. You know why? Because if, you know, I just, never mind. But you see what I'm saying. I can be wrong. But this stuff can be forgiven. I just want to just put that out. Stuff like this can be forgiven. It can be. And, um, but I can't say much. I can't really say much other than what I have just read through what Jesus says about divorce. Amen. So I I don't want to... I'm sorry if I came off insensitively. I'm not trying to come off that way. I'm trying to be gracious about this. Because there are probably people who are watching or who will watch this that have been divorced and remarried. And just like I said before, if you're one of those that have been divorced and remarried, make best of that marriage. Make best of that marriage. Amen. That's a very touchy subject. Um, and I can't. And I, I, As a single man. I can't say much about it. Because I don't. You know. Even marriage. I, I don't know much about. You know what I'm saying. So just sort of bear with me. I can only. I can only. Say what's written in the Bible. At this point. <clears throat> now. It says here in verse uh, 33 Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. So Jesus is telling you Really plain and simple. Keep your your keep your yeses, yes and no, no. Amen. Um, but as per making a vow, okay, or making a promise, can I give you can I give you something? I'd like to give you something here about promises don't make a promise that you don't intend to keep let me say that again don't make a promise that you don't intend to keep Jesus Christ has a lot of promises in this book And you know what? Christ is a man of his word. And he will keep all his promises. God is not a man who should lie. If God said it, he'll do it. Amen? If God said it, he'll do it. God is a man of his word. Jesus said that no servant is greater than their master. If, if God is a man of his word, he wants us to be the people. like We are to be the person of our own word. If we say we're going to be here, we ought to be here. Or if we say we're going to do this, we should do it. Amen. but as for swearing not like cursing when you swear an oath I'm not talking about cursing I'm not talking about having a sailor's mouth I'm not saying any of that We're talking about oaths. Keep your yeses yes and your noes noes. Don't make a promise that you can't keep. Don't do it. It's not going to turn out good for you if you make a promise that you can't keep. People won't take you seriously then. So if you make a promise, be sure that you can keep it. Amen? Verse 38. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth, I say unto you, that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him two, or get go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Jesus said, okay, you know, the, the scriptures talk about how vengeance is the Lord's. Amen. Excuse me. Um, in Romans chapter twelve, verse nineteen, it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. But rather give place on the wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 30, For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. Nahum, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth, the Lord revengeth, and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. You see, we are not to go after people with evil we're not to fight evil with evil we are to fight evil with good we are to love our enemies amen we are to love our enemies love our neighbor and so and we'll be getting into that here in just a moment but We, God is the only one that can take vengeance. He doesn't want you to. Okay? We're to fight evil with good. Um, heaps of coal. Is what comes to mind. Um, let's see here, there we go, um, in Romans chapter 12, verse 20, it says, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. So you see, we're to overcome evil with good. Why? Because in doing so, we'll heap coals of fire on their heads. Amen. We ought to do good to them. To our enemies. Not evil. Now, that doesn't mean that... That doesn't mean that... Like, for an example, if you're being harassed at work, you ought to do something about that. Right? You shouldn't just roll over and take it. You ought to do something about that. Sometimes there's cases where you need to stand up for yourself. But standing up for yourself is not the same as taking vengeance okay it's not the same but sometimes you have to stick up for yourself and say no amen now let's see here verse 43 ye have heard that it hath been said thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Why is this? That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust for if you love them which love you what reward have ye do not even the publicans the same i'm not going to say much cuz i feel like i've already said what i needed to what i needed to say about those particular verses okay we're almost done here 47 and 48 and if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the public and so last verse, and then we'll close. It says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in which be ye therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Now, some might say Some might take that and say, well, sinless perfection, how is that possible? Because you read that and you think, oh, we need to be sinless perfection. No, that's not what, no, that's not what that's talking about at all. No, 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 no. The word perfect in this instance is talking about spiritual maturity. Okay, spiritual maturity. God is mature. Amen. And Jesus wants us to grow spiritually mature. Amen. Now, I want to say here, oh, that's not what I wanted. Uh, It's in James. And I know it's in here. I got to scroll down and find it. Okay, and I'll, and I'll kind of prove to you this is talking about spiritual maturity. Um, that's very interesting. You know that word perfect in your King James Bibles is mentioned 99 times. But if you put an asterisk at the end, it's found 128 occurrences. That's interesting um james chapter 1 verse 4 but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing this is talking about spiritual maturity this is not sinless perfection i'll even prove it even more if in this instance jesus was talking about sinless perfection then what need was there for him to die on the cross? Just saying. What need is there for anyone to... What need was there... What need would there be if, uh, for him to die on the cross if, if he was talking about sinless perfection? He was not talking about sinless perfection. He was talking about spiritual maturity. Because Christ did die on the cross. And he said, it is finished. Which means he paid that sin debt in full. Amen. So there's no way that Jesus is talking about sinless perfection. He's talking about spiritual maturity. Um... Now, there might be instances where that's talking about, you know, sinless. But a lot of times, it's going to be talking about spiritual maturity. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, Settle you first uh, John four seventeen herein is our herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. So this, what Jesus is talking about here is talking about spiritual maturity. He is not talking about sinless perfection. Amen. Now, I know I went through quite a bit and um, I just want to apologize ahead of time. Okay, I'm not perfect and there might be some things that I may have said that were probably inaccurate and so if, I, if there is anything that I may have said that was inaccurate, I do apologize. God is not going to allow me to be 100% right. We've gone through some pretty touchy subjects tonight. The biggest one was divorcement. And I try to be as gracious as I can when it came to that particular topic. but we also got into some stuff that needs to be said, and I apologize if I was a little bit too graphic. Um, But there are some things that need to be said. Amen? And I'm just trying to do, you know, I'm just trying to uh, show you and help you to understand what Scripture is saying. And sometimes there are things that are just going to be some graphic times and graphic moments. Amen. Um, But I do want to let you know, we are done with Matthew chapter 5. And um, so next week, Lord willing, we'll be getting into Matthew chapter 6. And, start, and um, start going through Matthew chapter 6. And uh, we'll kind of see where the Lord takes us from there. We went through a lot of scriptures tonight. I understand we went through a lot. And so now we're starting to kind of get into the book of Matthew. And, you know, starting to get into what Jesus taught. Amen. Um, I do, I like I said, the only announced the... For announcements, the only thing that's going on is, Lord willing, on the 29th, I'll be preaching at my church. uh, The 29th, um, which is Sunday, so there will be no broadcast there. Um, I do want to let you all know that... I do want to let you know... uh, We are currently going through the books of Matthew... The, the four Gospels, okay? So we're going to do Matthew. After Matthew, we're going to do Mark. And after Mark, we're going to do Luke. Okay? But after Luke, we're going to do the book of Acts. And then we're going to come back and do the book of John. Okay? Uh, Luke and Acts go together because they're both written by the same, same author. And, uh, you know, you got the book of Luke and then you've got... Part 2, which is the book of Acts. So we're going to do Matthew, Mark, Luke, Acts, and then John. Okay? Lord willing, that's what we'll do. If not, we'll, I'll let you know. And if there's any changes to that, I'll let you know on that, okay? Um, so I hope this was a blessing to you guys. Um, and I hope you guys got something from this. I also hope this will bring conviction. Uh, this will bring Repentance. Um, because that's, you know, the word of God is quick and powerful, amen? So, you know, Jesus said his words are spirit and his words, his words are life and, and they are spirit, amen? So, anyway, so I hope this was some, I hope this was a blessing to you. Um, I am s- sorry if I got a little graphic, I wasn't trying to get too graphic, but it's stuff that needs, needs to be said, amen? Um, so... Next week, we'll get into Matthew chapter 6, and uh, and uh, Sunday, I don't know what I'm going to be preaching on Sunday, so y'all pray for me for that. I don't know what we're going to do for that, so uh, y'all pray for me on that, and uh, we'll just let the Lord lead and guide. Amen. So anyways, I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a great day. Uh, rest of your week and uh, lord willing we will see you all on sunday all right god bless you guys love you see ya bye